Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Monday, and welcome to, yes, another TalkSport Day. Oh, no, my goodness, Andy Goldstein's talk. <gasps> what am I doing? I lose the four pounds I get if I don't mention my name at the beginning of this year. Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily Podcast with me, four pound richer, Andy Goldstein. And what a podcast we've got coming up. If you don't believe me, look, 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 look at them words. Them words. Didn't they teach you nothing at school? Actually, they didn't. Anyway, we begin, of course, with Tony Cascarino. Not, of course, you were not meant to know that. Only I knew that. So we begin with Tony Cascarino, in case you didn't know. Now, of course, the Premier League returns on Wednesday. I'm sure you did know that. With Aston Villa against Sheffield United. And old big Tony Cascarino doesn't rate Villa's chances of staying up. This is him talking on the weekend sports breakfast show with Georgie Bingham. And, yeah, I've told you, big Tony Cascarino. Villa were in terrible form before... Obviously, Absolutely. the season ended. I mean, the 4 0 defeat at Leicester, that was their final game. They were on, I think it's four defeats in a row. Didn't look good. Uh, very concerning for Aston Villa. Then this break, injuries. I think John McGinn is back, which is a big plus for, for that Aston would be Villa. That's a massive bonus. Yeah. Wouldn't it? I mean, they need him in there. Um, they're not defending very well. Uh, I would have really. I mean, look, they won the, the fixture at Bramall Lane this year. They won 2 0 at uh, uh, Bramall Lane. Um, which was a surprise because Villa, Villa suffered against Sheffield United in the Championship uh, with a couple of you know ding dong games. So it's um, it's a big ask for Villa if they don't. I always say the same thing against Sheffield United. If you don't match them, forget it, Georgie. You know, but how Villa, do they match them? Then? Well, because physically. I, I mean, physically because uh, you can talk about the technical side and what players do. And Jack Grealish is a fabulous footballer. But if Jack Grealish doesn't get the time to play and express himself and gets hunted down every time he's on the ball, Villa are going to find that very difficult. As a team, yeah. they've got to match Sheffield United physically because you, after that, you, you're not going to get a result. You, they will uh, get the better of you. You look at their goals against Column in the Premier League, Georgie, it's disastrous. And mm-hmm. they've conceded way too many goals. Now, as a team, you defend. Obviously, they had injuries in certain positions. Certainly, McGinn, as we touched on, was a big issue. But after that, I, I just don't think their forwards have defended for the team as well. Where we've seen successful teams, and we just talked about Wolves, and you watch the work rate, I look at Villa and I don't quite see the dynamics in the forward areas to make a difference. Um, Look, they've had a big investment, but they have to defend from the front. And I haven't seen enough of that. It will be interesting to see how they come back in their their opening fixture of this, you know, on Wednesday, seeing the Premier League back in action, how they perform. You know what Sheffield United are going to be. 
Yes. They, you know exactly what they're going to be about. And don't be expecting Sheffield United to t- turn up and have any complacency. I just don't see that with Chrissy Wilder's teams. Now on the Saturday sessions with Sam Matterface, Perry Groves and Stuart Pearce, they had Chris Powell on their show. And he says he feels he has a responsibility to show young black players that they can make careers for themselves in coaching. We can do more. You know, we've, we've scratched the surface so many times. We can do more. And, you know, I sit here and I actually think, could I do more? <laughs> and I'm a black coach, black manager, but can I do more? And I think everyone now is looking at themselves in the game thinking, you know, I need to play my part and what can I do to make it better and make this game even better than what it is. Chris, you've gone through the pathway of doing your badges, been a successful coach, successful manager, all of those things. Now, black players make up a third of the Premier League. We need to replicate at least a third in the classrooms as well, putting themselves up for jobs. But do, do a lot of players think to themselves, what's the point? You know what I mean? There is no yeah. job at the end of it at the end of the day for us. So what's the point in putting us up and going for all that rigmarole and expense yeah. in trying there's to get been, in the classes like you've done? Yeah, there's been that element for sure. There's been players that just feel they don't really want to go through the heartache of what can happen. Now, that can be any player. But what I'm saying is with with black players, I think they feel because there's not many role models, you know, I could speak to you about Chris Hutton and Terry Connor and Keith Alexander, you know, I can talk about those guys because they were actually ones that made me think, well, you know what, I'll have success or I'll have failure just like anyone else. And I've got to go into it with my eyes wide open knowing that, you know, I can fail in the job. You know, I've, I've had success and I've had failure like, like all managers. And I think just players themselves feel, will I really get a fair crack of the whip? Will I get an opportunity? You know, I, I've tried myself to just say okay get over the disappointment and keep going because actually I I feel I have a a duty to try and show that it can happen you can get jobs now we can head over to a show called the talk sport quiz this is with Darren Bent and Faker others where they well they have a quiz Uh, the Nottingham Forest defender Michael Dawson spoke about what he's been expecting when the championship restarts next weekend you know, it's like you, you have pre-season, you have six weeks off and you go back. We've had probably three weeks of, yes, we had 13 weeks where we're keeping fit, but it's not the same intensity of training. And oh. and to go out there and play, you see the speed of the game, it is going to be a little different and you are going to have to be patient. But then again, I think there's so many teams got different things to play for. And the teams in the middle of the table, what are they going to be like? How much have they really done while they've, they've been in lockdown? It's going to be different. I, I don't know what it's going to be like because we all know fans are such an importance in, in football when you play at home. You're not going to have that, really. So, there'll be goals, but like you say, Ben, there'll be, there'll be times where you sit off and you just have to regroup because you've been chasing the ball for, for long periods, which we, we experienced at, at Wolves, but you have a good shape uh, and the struggle to break us down. So, it's, it's about being patient and pressing at the right time, for, for sure. You mentioned there are a couple of you know potential crazy results ahead, but in the championship, every result is a crazy result. It's the most <laughs> mental league. It's why everyone loves it. I mean, look, we we start with Sheffield Wednesday, and, and on a whole, we've we, we've had a really good season and put ourselves in a good position. And our worst performance was against Sheffield Wednesday. We lost four nil, four nil down at half time. It was just bizarre. A team that's done so well, but this can happen. This can happen in the championship. With so many games it's played with intensity the ball's in the box so it's something we're going to have to be prepared for next week because we, they're a big physical team and week in week out you, 
you know, you, you look at the scores and think, how, how was that one happen? But that's why it's, uh, it's a league that everyone loves and the rewards opportunity to get to the best league in the world, in my opinion, and it's, it's where everyone wants to be. Now, there's a show on TalkSport on the weekend called Johnny Owen and Friends. It's where Johnny Owen, well, he has his friends on. One of his mates was David Baddiel. Oh, I'm friends with David Baddiel. Well, I mean, it is Johnny Owen and Friends, so it would work. Anyway, he told how the three lines came about and how special it was being played after the Scotland game at Euro 96. Once Ian Brodie had done the amazing thing that it did, Ian Brodie from the Lightning Seeds uh, had phoned us up and said, look, I think you should write the lyrics. We had incredibly cheekily said, yeah, all right, can we sing on it as well? <laughs> In my case, as I can't sing. And he'd said yes, but we wrote the lyrics and our basic mission statement was, okay, all England songs, all football songs really up to this point, have been lies in that they've been triumphalist. They've been statements about how we're going to win, like Back Home, you know, and songs like that at this time more than any other time, and all those other England football songs. They essentially say, don't worry, English people, we're going to bring that trophy back. And that was a lie. Right? <laughs> so, so what we basically did was say, let's try and write a song that actually expresses what it's like to be an England football fan. I mean, really, a football fan, which is a weird sort of magical thinking whereby you know that you're probably not going to win and you know you're probably going to go out quite early. But somehow, in a strange way, you think you might not. Yeah. <laughs> by experience. And that's a kind of, you know, punching through experience to the hope of, you know, success that is the real state of being a football fan. And we wrote that. So it's quite a melancholy song in some ways, certainly lyrically. It's kind of some, it's kind of a vulnerable song emotionally. And although we didn't know it when we wrote it, I think that really spoke to people properly about certainly supporting England for a long time at different tournaments. So that when it happened when, you know, I mean, I can take you through that, uh, uh, that, that the crowd started singing it. Yeah. It was absolutely amazing. But looking back on it with hindsight, I think, oh, right, so we did manage to do that. We clearly did connect with these people, these fans, mm. with our own experiences of what it was like supporting England. And that, that was why it took off. What happened with Three Lions, with the, the exact moment was... England, you may remember, in Euro 96, had played Switzerland in the first round, uh, first game, and not it was 1-1. And everyone thought, oh, maybe this tournament's not going to be that great because it was a dull game. Yeah, I remember. And we were playing very well. Yeah. And then we played Scotland. The DJ, whose name I don't know, I don't know his name, but he did something which I know was against the wishes of the FA, which is they had said that England and Scotland don't put on three lions. It's too partisan. <laughs> don't put that on. Like, Bit one-eyed. <laughs> yeah. He, he ignored that. He overrode that and he put it on. And everyone joined in immediately. Wow. I mean, it was incredible because although that happened again, you know, throughout the tournament and it was brilliant every time it happened, at that point, me and Frank, who were watching, had no idea that the song had been taken to heart by football fans across the country. And so, you know, and there was no screen showing the words. It was not karaoke. <laughs> it was it was literally everyone joining in and it was absolutely amazing and I've had many extraordinary things in my life and obviously many beautiful moments in my life with children and whatever but I still think it would be hard to top that moment in terms of how it felt because it felt extraordinary Time now to check in with Fight Night with Adam Catchell and Gareth A. Davis as the important conversation around the Black Lives Matter movement continues this is Connor Ben he was speaking about his own experiences of racism 
it's sad that he's had to get so bad before people have started to become aware of what black people have to face or it's something that's not spoken about because it's a sensitive subject it's just never become a, a thing no one everyone's so naive to it and don't understand that this actually goes on in the world like I'm, my missus is white we've gone places together and it's taken she was naive to it she didn't understand that she didn't get it but she's experienced it first hand stuff that I've had to experience my whole life my sister my dad's brother was killed by racists so we've experienced it first hand and it's sad that it's had to get so bad for people to start trying to make a change and it shouldn't be a thing it's not acceptable and it should have never been acceptable at any stage of history of life you know there's only one race and that's the human race we all need to start making some changes in our personal life in businesses and in the society we live in your dad is one of the true british legends of boxing you know a black man that served his country in the army for all those years and yet you're talking about some of the the issues that the wider family faced and yet your dad was beloved in the country it doesn't make any sense does no, it it's different. it's different when you're a young black athlete and I remember I'm not nowhere near where my dad is or what he's achieved but yeah when I go to places oh uh, when I went to on holiday I went out and stayed in a hotel yeah I was the only black guy there and I started getting all um, funny looks and people tying at me like as if I shouldn't be there and it's all good for me and my missus and I feel horrible for her oh but then at the end of the stay oh, yeah, can I have a photo? Can I have a photo? No, see you later, mate. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, or I'll go places. And I know if I wasn't who I was, I'd be treated different. And it's sad that it's that way. I'd hate to be a young black man in America right now. I've got no answers to anything. How could I? I'm, I'm just not qualified to give any serious comment, I suppose, on any of this. And, and well, just... you, you are, as I said, we're, we're all one race. Do you know, mm. you are. You can comment on it. It's one of the things, it's just, it's not right. If, if the shoe was on the other foot, I don't get it. Why is it okay? Why has it been acceptable? Why is racism is taught? Do you know what I mean? When I was in school, I got caught. Lucky I got thick skin. My sister's affected by it. She got affected by it way more than I did. Girls, obviously, of course. And she had a struggle with her complexion. It just shouldn't be that way. And you yeah. get the sense that boxing's been doing the right thing for a long time, you know, yeah. both amateur and professional level. But is that just a, is that a false kind of sense of comfort that maybe we've all thought that's the situation but why does society clearly clearly is no nah, nah, I've never exp then again I've seen other comments some people say there is racism in boxing I've never experienced racism in boxing because too many people are scared to get licked <laughs> do you know what I mean I've, I've never experienced racism in boxing whatsoever I've always felt welcome in any gym I've ever gone in but then again I'm speaking from being the legend of a, a son of the legend hmm. so Maybe different from other people, but then again, I've never experienced racism. Not in the boxing gym. And staying with that show, Fight Night with Adam Catchell. And well, I've just told you five minutes ago, if you forgot this something. Anyway, Bob Arum, legendary promoter, was on the show. He was saying that he didn't look at the AJ Fury announcement as big news. No, 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 of course he's not. Only the biggest fight for the last gold knows how long. So no, no, of course he's not big news. No, 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 no. I didn't look at it as being real news. Mm. Uh, Joshua has a fight before the end of the year. Uh, with my guy, Kubert Pulev, a very tough Bulgarian. And uh, Tyson has a third fight to do with Wilder, and that's not an easy fight. Uh, so again, sure, if they come through those fights, why wouldn't we get together and do a two-fight deal for Fury uh, and Joshua? Back now to Johnny Owen and friends. Oh, who's his friend this time? Ryan Giggs. 
Yeah, actually, it was Ryan Giggs, the Welsh boss, spoke about Wales's qualification for Euro 2020 and puts to bed the rumours he could have played for England. Who said he could have played for England? I, I mean, he'll probably tell you now that that was never going to happen. He only played for England schoolboys because he went to school in England. But, you know, that's my view of it. Let's hear Giggs's. We're talking about the Euros this weekend. Obviously, you did a magnificent job in getting Wales there. Um, how do you feel about it? It must be a bit strange this weekend. Yeah, obviously, it is strange. Um, you know, great achievement by the boys. Obviously, doing so well in 2016. And we wanted to, to get back there. You know, we didn't want it to be just a flash in the pan. So to get there again is amazing. But obviously, wait another year for it to come around. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've looked at the positives, really. You know, we've, we had a lot of players. We had Joe Allen, who was going to miss the tournament. A few players who were lacking in games so and we've got a pretty young team so them young players will be a year older more experienced so hopefully it'll be um it'll be a positive but going against that we had tremendous momentum you know unbeaten in six games and of course we were all geared up for this summer but it is what it is and we'll be prepared next year Ryan, I just want to use the show to put this to bed once and for all because people still mention it can you let them know you never could have played for England, could you? And not only did you not want to, you couldn't have played for England. Can you just let them all know? Well, first of all, my grandmother wouldn't have let me back to Cardiff. So <laughs> That's the important thing, isn't it? She is a scary, scary person. So, um, that's, no, and I couldn't. You're, you're right. My mum and dad were Welsh. I was born um, in Cardiff, St David's Hospital. And obviously the confusion comes because I played for England schoolboys. Yeah. I, I couldn't have actually played for, for the Welsh schoolboys because I went to an English school. So, But as soon as I was 15, I, I played for Wales youth team. And um, yeah, it was always going to be Wales. I was there, Ryan, for your debut in uh, in Nuremberg when you were 17 and come on against Germany. Oh, okay. You look very lively for as well. Wales. We've talked about. For I, Wales, I get confused yes. here. Not the not the English schoolboys. <laughs> okay, fine. Just clearing out. <laughs> Now there's a show on the weekend called The Warm-Up with Barry Glendon and every week they have a competition winner and a chancer, someone that really shouldn't be on the radio but because they've turned up at the right time and no one else was there, they get somehow on national radio. This week it was the turn of Max someone, I can't, anyway, Emil Heskey joined the guys to talk about his sporting memories, unsurprisingly the 5-1 win against Germany rated pretty highly. I think I have to put that top, Um, it's an iconic moment wasn't it And, and even down to meeting people in the street, everyone actually um, remembers exactly where they were when that game was being played. And you get some funny ones as well where when we went 1-0 down, I met a guy and he said, when we went 1-0 down, it was his birthday as well. And he, was, he said he was only been about 14, 15. And when we went 1-0 down, his dad was, got, was that upset, left and never watched the game. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. I mean, I can understand people leaving three uh, nil in Istanbul, right? Because that's three nil in the Champions League final. There's quite a lot of football left to play. No, was it? Only seven minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> what was the dressing room like after that? That game. I think the atmosphere was great, and you, again, you just kind of pinch yourself to think it just happened. And, but we couldn't, we couldn't obviously celebrate too much because we had another game to play on the Tuesday. I think it was. Well, that's it for another podcasty thing. Before I go, let me remind you that, of course, you can subscribe to the TalkSport Daily Podcast. It's from Acast, Spotify, and Apple Pods. And, of course, you can go back and get previous ones. Or if you want to go into the future, you've got a DeLorean, you hit 88 miles an hour, you can go forward and get the one I'm doing tomorrow. Apparently, it's a humdinger. Let me just tell you about TalkSport 2's coverage of Royal Ascot. It starts at 1pm tomorrow. Tomorrow being, of course, Tuesday. There's live Bundesliga afterwards at 5pm. Borussia Mönchengladbach are in action against Wilsberg. 
and at 7pm Werder Bremen in reaction against Bayern Munich so that's it I'm back tonight 10pm now last week of course I did drive but this week I'm back to my normal time and place that's 10pm alongside the Moonface the fun boy Jason Cundy and and it's the final of the Sports Bar Cup tonight with live updates throughout the first 90 minutes from Graham Beecroft the final of the Sports Bar Cup on tonight's show all that and more from 10pm that's it Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Keep your distance. And above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.